to RealCast. I'm your host, Maura Neal, and this is our inaugural episode, my friends. How very appropriate that we are having the debut of this podcast during the Georgia Realtors inaugural conference. This week, right here, right now in Atlanta, February 2020, and we are also kicking off the 100-year anniversary celebration of the Georgia Realtors. That's right. Let's hear it. (laughs) I could not be more excited about this year for the Georgia Realtors. So much is happening, you guys. I can't even tell you all about it right here in the space of just one episode, but I am going to try to give you a little bit of a preview. However, first things first, please do stick around. I have a very exciting first ever guest for you on the podcast today, and that is GAR 2020 President Farron W. King. Farron is joining me in just a little bit to let us get to know him a little better to talk about his leadership journey and his vision for 2020. Please stick around. Before Farron stops by, I wanna take a quick look at some of the exciting things that are coming our way for the Georgia Realtors 100th anniversary. It is going to be a year of celebration, my friends. First, GAR has launched the Century Summits. The association and the leadership are hitting the road to present nine free summits throughout the year all around the great state of Georgia. Each summit will include three hours of free CE credit, and you can choose between a code of ethics session for your CE, or if you're a broker, you can choose the broker risk management session. There's also going to be a general session at every summit that includes a legislative update, a financial wellness piece, a Georgia Real Estate Commission update, a little bit of information about NAR's Commitment to Excellence program, which you may have heard referred to as C2EX, and most importantly, lots and lots of fun. And did I mention... The Century Summits are free. You do have to register as space will fill up, and for a full list of dates, you can check the show notes. Now, I know you just said to yourself, what are these show notes and where can I find them? For every one of our podcast episodes, you can go to our show notes, which can be found at garealcast.com. That's G-A-R-E-A-L-C-A-S-T.com. And that's our show notes page. That's a page where you can find information about each episode, such as the bio for the guests that we interview, links to articles that we mention, and much, much more. So please bookmark garealcast.com and check back for the show notes on every episode. So what else is happening for the 100th anniversary? Well, our February inaugural conference is this week, February 4th through the 7th in Atlanta, Georgia. If you are not here, you should be so sad. We're at the fabulous Fox Theater and the historic Georgian Terrace Hotel. And seriously, if you're not here, we are missing you. This is the kickoff of our 100th anniversary celebration with our membership. There's great education and networking and some really fantastic events. And we are missing you if you are not here with us. However, it's not too late. All is not lost for you to plan to attend our September annual conference. This year, that's going to take place in Savannah, Georgia. 
Lots of information will be posted on the GAR website at garealtor.com and you will receive lots of emails once the registration is open. Information will be posted on the GAR social media channels, whether you follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and we will make sure to remind you right here on the podcast. We'll have lots of information coming up about our annual conference, but for now, mark your calendars for September 9th through the 12th in beautiful Savannah, Georgia. I hope you will come and celebrate 100 years of the Georgia Realtors. There is so much more happening to celebrate the 100th anniversary of GAR, so please do plug in to GAR on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever your preferred social channels are. Please read your emails. Don't be one of those realtors who suffers from RDR. Realtors don't read. Check your email regularly. Put GAR in your address book so those emails don't go to spam because there's so much more coming up that we don't have the time to cover today. But please know that your association is working hard for you to celebrate this benchmark, this amazing centennial of our Georgia Realtor Association. Today, I am thrilled to welcome our first ever guest to RealCast, Farron W. King, our 2020 Georgia Realtors president. Farron is broker owner of Cobalt Banker High Country Realty, which is comprised of five offices in Blue Ridge, Blairsville, LJ, Hiawassee, and Murphy, North Carolina, and specializes in residential, commercial, resort, second home, and mountain luxury properties. Coldwell Banker High Country Realty has a proud history of serving the real estate needs of North Georgia, Western North Carolina, and Southeastern Tennessee for over 40 years. Farron is the first GAR president to hail from the Georgia Mountain region. And how do we describe this man who is now at the helm of our state association? If we ask Brandy Miner, our director of communications at GAR, she says, Realtor, civic leader, Leadership Georgia graduate, seven-time marathoner, Kentucky colonel, devoted husband, and I'll add one, father to some adorable furry four-legged children. All of this and so much more, I'm so looking forward to getting to know my friend Farron a little better today, and I hope you are too. And we are recording today in the beautiful Blue Ridge Georgia office of Coldwell Banker High Country Realty, one of the five offices that he owns and operates. So welcome to the podcast, Farron. Thank you, Maura. First things first, we went over some of the questions that I want to ask you, but I didn't prepare you for this one. Farron W. King. The W, as many of us know, stands for Winslow. Am I saying that correctly? You are saying it correctly. And despite all the good-natured ribbing that you endure from the leadership team, that it is ever-present, included whenever we see or hear your name. It is definitely something that is clearly important to you, but many of us may not know why. Tell me a little bit about the W, the Winslow. I would love to. Uh, Winslow was my grandfather's name on my dad's side. Uh, His name was Winslow Daniel King. Uh, My father was Harry Winslow King, and my mother saw uh, in her infinite wisdom to give me Winslow as my middle name to go along with Farron, a quite unique name, who was a country music singer in the 50s, Farron Young. I love the family connection. And my father is a junior. He's Lawrence Francis Carey Jr. And I know that using a senior and a junior or a third and a fourth and a fifth is not 
the only way that we pass down family history. And I love that your connection to that name is, first of all, such an important part of your history, but something that you insist on having ever present as that reminder of family. I do. It, uh, it always makes me smile, and I feel like it's a, a way to honor my, uh, my grandfather and my dad. I love that. I love that so Thank much. You. And while we're speaking of things that are ever present in your life, by your side, those of us who know you rarely see you without your lovely wife, Rebecca. And I know that she is also an industry veteran, being in the mortgage business. But I love that for as long as I can remember knowing you, even before I was involved at the association, but just attending things and sort of seeing the leadership from afar... You, as a couple, are really a fixture in in GAR and in the leadership team. Tell us a little bit about that special relationship. We are um, wonderfully blessed to be able to travel together and uh, for Rebecca to be with me as often as possible. Um, As you said, it's rare that you don't see us together. And if you do, um, I'm probably not smiling as... as, um, Broadly, as I normally do. Or as you are right now, Uh, talking about her. Yes, thank you. Um, She is uh, um, just the most wonderful individual that um, I have been blessed to be married to for 20 years in October. Um, We've been together for 22. Uh, She is uh, just the light of my life. And uh, I am particularly proud for her to be with me. Um, always as my wife, but also as, uh, as you mentioned, as an industry veteran, um, a long career in banking and in the last uh, several years transitioned over into mortgage. And uh, her company sees the wisdom in her being at uh, realtor events and networking with uh, the people that she works with every day. And as someone who works with a spouse, my husband is my business partner, I can personally attest to it's not always easy to travel together, to leave home together, to leave behind your furry children. Absolutely. You someone to make sure that the the business is still running well. And when you are involved in leadership, that's quite a time commitment for you, but then also for her to come along and not just be a part of the business side of things, but also the personal journey and the leadership journey. Absolutely. It's uh As you mentioned, leaving the fur babies behind is difficult uh, for us to be away from them, but then you have to make arrangements for people to take care of them and to feed them and to love them like you do when you're home. So uh, um, that makes it more difficult to travel, uh, but it also is worth it because um, I uh, love for her to be by my side. It's a great story that goes along with your whole story, that piece of it, that chapter of it. And you speak about travel, but I also know that you two, outside of traveling for real estate, you have a passion for traveling. If if you ever, maybe after this year, have a chance to take that next vacation that's purely for pleasure, where are some of the places that you love to go together when you can get out of that real estate mold? So um, anywhere there's sand and sun, um, always to the beach. Uh, we love that, especially for a quick trip. Um, we love to go to, uh, St. Bart's to the Caribbean. Italy is at the top of my list for the bucket list trips. Uh, and Ireland is actually at the top of Rebecca's list. 
So uh, it'll be interesting to see which one I'm betting on Ireland that we go to first. Uh, I think I'd put my money there too. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but they're interchangeable. So whichever one's first, the other will be second. So uh, that's that hopefully will be the next two major trips. Having been to both, I can tell you with great certainty you won't go wrong. You'll love them both. But I love that the 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 instant answer is sand and sun because you live here in North Georgia in the mountains. It's such a beautiful surrounding that you get to be in every day. And I know that a lot of your agents obviously specialize in that vacation home, that mountain home, that luxury getaway feeling. And having purchased recently a cabin up here from one of your agents, tell me a little bit about because where you live every day is most people's idea of vacation. So talk about that and how I know you were born and raised here. How does that play into your day-to-day life? It's um, We're incredibly blessed to live and work and play where we do. Um, Rebecca and I both being natives of the region and for five generations. Um, it's, we never get tired of it. It, you know, it's, uh, we see the beauty of the sunset or, um, you know, the full moon or the changing of the colors or, uh, hopefully the, the budding of spring soon. Um, you just never get tired of it. So, uh, um, we love where we live, but, um, we also love to go to the beach too. I know when I'm lucky enough to come up to my own little vacation spot, it's just that sigh of relief, and I can't imagine ever being stressed when you're up here, although I'm sure it happens. I can imagine that it's uh, particularly good for you because you lead such a fast-paced life to get here and sit out on your deck with a cup of coffee and enjoy the view. Um, It just kind of takes everything away and and lets you kind of kick back and relax. And of course, that's why I jumped at the chance to interview you sitting here in your office in Blue Ridge rather than, you know, sometime when you're down in Atlanta near us. Sure. So that's a great segue because we we talk a lot in real estate about this being all we do. Realtors are in it 24-7. But I truly believe that for us to be talented at our business and be good at it, we have to have a passion for it. But we also have to have something outside of real estate, something that adds dimension and flavor and interest to our lives so that we can avoid that other part of real estate, which is the burnout. So given that you are a full-time broker, and of course now this year, GAR's 100th president, you are going to have a very busy schedule. What do you foresee outside of those vacations that are definitely out there in the future? What do you do for fun on just a given Saturday when you realize you have an open day or that rare afternoon off or day off? So um, Rebecca and I love to be involved in the community, love to give back, which is part of what we do in our industry anyway. But to help with Several of the local festivals in Hawassee we're still involved in helping uh, plan and uh, put those on. We love to just take Georgie, um, our dog, canine fur baby, you know, for to the park and, and play with her and enjoy some time away. Any time to get an, a break from the phone is actually, uh, you know, quite rewarding. It's, so. it's rewarding and it's also healthy. It is healthy. I think. And... While we are constantly striving to grow our businesses and to, for example, only take those classes that get us CE, you know, the what's in it for me mentality, 
I think if more of us took the time to figure out what's the thing that's most rewarding, whether it's taking a cooking class or taking your dog to the dog park, something that makes you put that phone down and take a minute. Absolutely. Going to one of the local wineries, which we have many of. Yes, and um, you have a particular favorite. Do you want to talk about that? I, I do. Um, Crane Creek Winery in Young Harris has been there now 24 years. One of the oldest wineries in the North Georgia area, but uh, we do particularly love to go there. Um, the owners are great. The setting is beautiful, and uh, it's just a, a great way to get away and still be close to home. Well, and you introduced me, I credit you with introducing me to a Georgia wine that I really enjoy. I don't know a whole lot about wine, but I kind of get into this pigeonhole of what I know I like. And that first time that we met up here and you said you have to try our favorite wine, that was so eye-opening for me. So really, our listeners should think about taking a trip to the mountains and exploring some of those we now actually, absolutely, we have the uh, actually the wine highway that you can take tours from winery to winery and uh, do tastings at the, the different uh, vineyards, and uh, it's a, a great way to spend a weekend. And tip for our, our realtor listeners, what a great possible client event. Thank them for referrals. Take absolutely. a small group out on the wine highway. Absolutely. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your upcoming year, but really it's already started, as president of the Georgia Realtors. And you've said that your two primary goals for 2020 are, of course, the incredible historic event of the celebration of GAR's centennial, our 100th anniversary, which I do want to talk about in a little more detail in a moment. And your second goal being moving into the future with inclusion and member involvement as a top priority which is a continuation of the goals that our immediate past president and your good friend, Chris Giles, had for his year in 2019. There has been more talk of this lately with the Long Island Board of Realtors expose from a few months ago. And I think what a lot of associations at the local, the state, and of course the national level experience with discussion about a lack of inclusion, or I would rather say even not enough knowledge about what is happening to encourage inclusion and diversity. How would you describe your vision for inclusion and member involvement, and how would you address some of that general criticism? So, as you mentioned, one of Chris's uh, primary initiatives was inclusion in 2019, and it was important to him to see that continue uh, into 2020 and beyond. And I was most thankful to be able to continue that for him and to, to hopefully expand on that and grow it. We actually have looked at it from a number of different directions, from getting uh, as many boards in the state involved as possible, down to the very smallest, having a very diverse uh, group of chairs and vice chairs, which both of us work together on. And thankfully, Dory uh, Love, who will be 2021 president, has continued that initiative. Another one of my initiatives, if you will, was re-engaging our past presidents. Uh, To me, that went hand in hand with the celebration of our 100 years to bring the group back together that has uh, been responsible for getting us to where we are and helping us to grow to the point that we have. Uh, We also have just held, and this is um, a bit of breaking news, uh, the first Associations Collaborating Together, or ACT Summit, Uh, And we brought together several um, state chapters of uh, multicultural organizations, 
also the Women's Council of Realtors, uh, to discuss their goals and priorities and how we can work together with them from GAR standpoint. It's our hope that out of that summit will grow a council that will uh, not be a policymaking body for GAR, but we'll be, we'll be able to offer suggestions on how all the associations can collaborate and work together and how we can all move forward in a unified fashion. I think that's a really important step. And when I saw on social media that that was happening and a lot of the the pictures and the updates and the, the status updates from the attendees, what a great positive feeling I was getting from all of that and the ability to take what really are separate organizations, but ultimately we all have the same goal and bring it together, kind of an alphabet soup of real estate agents and realtors talking about what our common goals are. Great way to put it. Uh, and that's exactly how we felt. And uh, it is my belief that the attendees felt that way as well and are very hopeful and positive about the direction we're going with this. And I think open dialogue is always a positive thing. Absolutely. And not everyone's individual recommendations or suggestions are always going to make it into an execution scenario. But I think the more that we're brainstorming and we're talking and we're throwing out ideas in a safe space, and like you said, turning this into a council where there's a regular meeting that happens and there's an open forum for conversation, that can only be a positive. Without a doubt. Um, And the exchange of ideas and the ability to take those ideas to the appropriate committees for action at GAR is just um, another step in the direction that, that Chris envisioned that I continue to embrace. Uh, Dory does as well. And I think as you know, going forward, future leadership will continue to grow this. I'm seeing a trend. I am too. Looking at something that you just mentioned, I personally loved sitting last month in December in the training room with your extended leadership team, the regional directors, the committee chairs, the committee vice chairs, seeing not just familiar faces, but a lot of faces that were new to that scenario in that training room. It was sort of a who's who of Georgia Realtors, past, present, and future, as well as, in my opinion, an incredibly diverse mix. Tell me a little bit about this group that you've assembled that you in that spirit of inclusion, you're calling them all your extended leadership team. So it, it's always been important to me um, to engage the local board leadership as well, uh, because that's really the um, boots on the ground, the grassroots effort, if you will. Uh, when GAR does have an initiative or does need help with something at the local level, so uh, I have made a concerted effort to. Uh, include the local board presidents as the extended leadership team and communicate with them on a regular basis uh, to keep them in the loop on what's going on, to let them know um, things that are coming up. So when we do need to reach out for assistance at the local level, they're going to be ready to respond. So to your point, uh, the local board presidents, chairs and vice chairs, regional directors, who in my opinion are the absolute key to our extended leadership team, Uh, the liaisons to the local board, uh, those that bring the local perspective back to the state association, uh, all of which are critical to our success and critical to growing our association. Uh, And the more people you can have involved in that extended leadership team, I think the more successful you can be. This is a great way to transition into talking about 
the 100th anniversary of the Georgia Realtors. And that is going to be a common theme that our members hear about, whether they listen to the podcast, they come to conference, they're plugged in on social media, they're reading their emails, we hope. But this this theme of the 100th anniversary of GAR, this celebration is a very important facet of your goals this year. You were involved on the planning task force. So from a personal perspective, tell me a little bit about the importance of the celebration to you and what it means for you to be the 100th president of the Georgia Realtors. Uh, first of all, Maura, it's an absolute honor to serve our association in any leadership capacity, but to have the opportunity to serve as president and to have the opportunity to serve as the president during the 100th anniversary is just um, incredibly rewarding and humbling. Um, and I am particularly uh, passionate about the celebration of, a, of our 100th year uh, because of getting to work on the task force that has worked for over three years to plan this event. And uh, as you well know, our chair was um, one of my absolute favorite people, um, Ann Galt, who was our 2011 president. And Ann had a vision for how she wanted this celebration to be carried out. And as for anybody that knows Ann, knows that it was all about class and presentation. And uh, so we have uh, worked very hard to uh, carry that out uh, with her uh, passing in 2019. Uh, we wanted to make sure that we orchestrated the plan to the very, um, very last detail that she had in mind. And I certainly hope we're going to do her proud. The three years of planning that went into this. And so for anyone who isn't intimately involved in the association, I want to make sure that they understand that this very much was Anne's vision, that there was a large group of people working with her, under her guidance on this, but that this isn't something that we at all consider a throwaway. This is a very important celebration. So knowing what it means to you personally and and the rewarding feeling of getting to be the present president during this year what are some of the things that we can expect because there's going to be events and happenings all around the state it's not just people who we hope they'll come to conference and enjoy the big celebrations but there's so much else going on what else can we expect well it's it's going to be a tremendous year uh we kicked it off January the 10th with our actual birthday, our actual uh, 100th birthday, we were fortunate to meet with Governor Kemp on Wednesday prior to our birthday to have a a state proclamation signed uh, that was uh, tremendous. Governor Kemp's a huge supporter of the Georgia Association of Realtors and was um, very proud to embrace the opportunity to do the proclamation for us. The next week, we were in Brunswick and Vidalia for the first two Century Summits, uh, which are uh, intended to take GAR to the members. So we um, went in for a reception on the night before the summit in Brunswick. We had a lovely event there, um, then had the first summit for Region 8 uh, on the following day, and it was uh, very well attended, very well received. Uh, we had members of the staff that were on the traveling team that um, brought different resources to the members. We had um, members of the Real Estate Commission traveling with us uh, that, that brought the Georgia Real Estate Commission perspective. And it was just a, 
exactly what we envisioned. Uh, a one-day um, take it to the members. We had CE provided in the afternoon, um, code of ethics for um, all members, and a broker-specific class taught by Seth Weissman uh, for brokers and managers. We've gotten rave reviews from the first two. We did uh, Region 8 and Region 9 back-to-back, and uh, we're just super excited. We've got seven more regions to uh, visit and uh, take the event, the uh, GAR message to our members, and uh, we're just tremendously excited about that, along with, of course, the two conferences, inaugural and annual, and the uh, celebratory aspects we have planned for that. So it's a busy year. And what a great way, again, to promote inclusion. It's kind of a roadshow, taking many conferences on the road with a tremendous amount of value, some free CE, because all realtors love a little bit of free CE, but more importantly, some really important presentations that they can use in their businesses. And as you said, it's going on throughout the year. And we are going to post a link to information about that in the show notes. So if anyone listening has some questions about it, or if it's the first that they've heard of it, they can go to garealcast.com and look at the show notes and find a link to that and all the information that they need. But I love the idea of traveling the state. And I think even you know, looking into the future beyond the 100th anniversary year and having a component like this, change it up, make it, you know, different every year. But I know that that's kind of something that's been tossed around and is in the works as well. I certainly hope that um, we will build on this. And even if it's, uh, I'm not sure what it'll look like, but if we, you know, rotate, do five regions one year, four the next, because nine um, century summits or nine Roadshows, as you mentioned, um, in a year with two conferences to do and the two NAR conferences makes for a busy year. So we pretty much got something going on every month or Absolutely. a couple of times a month. So it may be that we do it, um, you know, break it down into visiting uh, three regions each year for a three-year cycle. But I, I think there's value to this, and I think the members um, will want us to continue this. I also love the idea, just throwing it out there, that if it's broken down into three-year cycles, for example, I have a great opportunity to travel outside of my market area and to network with those agents. We don't have to feel confined to only attending in Atlanta if you are an Atlanta agent or only in Savannah if you're a Savannah agent. There's that that feeling of camaraderie and networking with our comrades across the state. It's And that's what we wanted uh, because you can attend any summit you want to uh, as long as you pre-register. So we actually had attendees in um, Vidalia that were from Athens, and we had attendees in Brunswick that were from Dublin that chose to go outside their region because they wanted to network with people that they didn't know. Uh, they saw it as an opportunity for um, business development and to you know, foster relationships with people that they hope would refer on business in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's a, what a wonderful opportunity. And fostering those introductions and relationships. And that's something that the state association does so well at conference. And now it's on a slightly smaller, more intimate scale. Yes. What a great opportunity. And again, we're going to post the link to more information about those century summits in our show notes. Thanks to Brandy D minor. I'm going to use her middle initial in your honor. I love it. We had a great introduction to you, which I lifted from the profile in the previous issue of Georgia Realtor Magazine. And she wrote, 
as I said in the beginning, realtor, civic leader, leadership Georgia graduate, seven-time marathoner, which blows my mind, Kentucky colonel, devoted husband, father to furry children. In any of these areas, all of these pieces that make up Farron W. King, or in any part of your life, whether it's real estate or otherwise, who inspires you? Well, I mentioned um, earlier, Ann Galt um, has always been a a wonderful mentor to me. Um, She was the first person that, uh, at the state level, that reached out and said, um, I'd like for you to get involved. I I think you um, would benefit from it, and certainly I can see areas that you would... uh, that you would fit nicely in. And so her encouragement uh, meant a lot to me getting started down that road. Um, in that same vein, uh, Bill Boatman, who was 2012 president, who I have affectionately said, I want to be Bill Boatman when I grow up. Um, he is the perfect gentleman. Uh, he just is wants everyone to be involved. He is very selfless. He wants the... Um, credit, if you will, to be focused on um, everyone but himself. And he is, um, has always been a, a, a great friend and mentor to me. Um, so those two, I would say, uh, in the State Association would be um, at the very top of the list. There, there are many. Um, certainly, we have the opportunity to develop relationships with, as he would have said, the best of the best. And that's truly um, what GAR assembles is the best of the best. So um, the opportunity to, to uh, work with and become friends with people from across the state and develop relationships with them, learn from them, uh, is just yet another benefit to uh, being involved and engaged. It's interesting that you mention Anne being the first person to really reach out to you and say, I think you should come and get involved. And as we talk about inclusion and we think about bringing our not young in age, but young in realtor age volunteers up and getting them involved, whether they truly are a YPNer or they're just newer in the business, maybe starting their second career. I feel that most of the leaders that you talk to in in the real estate space have had someone who has singled them out. It's it's a grassroots effort who have asked them. I know for me that happened first at the national level, sitting alone in a hallway at conference, waiting for my friend to get out of her committee meeting and someone walking up and introducing themselves to me. Little did I know they were an NAR past president. I had no idea who I was talking to. So that was my journey into involvement. What do you say to those realtors who maybe they're coming to their first state conference in a couple of weeks in February, or maybe they've been before and they felt a little lost and they weren't really sure because it can be a big intimidating place, whether it's at the state level or the national level. What do you say to them? What's the best step for them to find that fit if someone hasn't reached out to them yet? Wonderful question. And I'll first say, I think you do a tremendously um, effective job of reaching out and helping new people. Well, thank you. Um, I see you do that on a regular basis and have always um, seen you make a concerted effort to get people involved and to help them feel comfortable and feel welcome uh, if it's their first conference or if they've been to more than one conference but they haven't engaged. Uh, So I, I applaud you for that. 
And having been there, though, I know that that's important. You can feel tremendously invisible or lost and not because not because there's not a place for you, but the leadership team, to your credit, we I hate that word busy, but you are. At conference, there is meeting after meeting after meeting and all of these commitments and obligations and things. So you don't always have the time necessarily. And, and same thing with anyone who's involved. You are running your business and keeping up with your volunteer opportunities. So for all of us, that is a responsibility, I think, once we get involved and we have that comfort level. But there are going to be those who, for lack of a better phrase, feel that they've slipped through the cracks. And we need to maybe give them a comfortable way to reach out to us and to be seen, raise their hand. I absolutely agree. But I also think, and I know you believe this, it's um, our responsibility for all the opportunities we've been given to always take time to stop and introduce ourselves and ask how we can help. Yes. And encourage that new attendee to get involved and to um, attend something or to sit with you at lunch. Several years ago, I believe it was Jim Smith's year, Jim wanted to do a first-time attendee's reception. He wanted to host it in his suite, and which he did. Uh, it has since kind of morphed into the first-time attendee's reception that has to be held in a larger space, but um, he also had the wisdom to bring the past presidents into this, and so the past presidents networked in the room, introducing themselves to the new attendees and asking them how they could help, how they could um, get them involved and engaged, and uh, to your earlier comment, I think it served us extremely well because look at the new people, if you will, that are serving in chair and vice chair and even regional director positions, people that haven't been involved for that long, have really, with a little bit of encouragement, gotten involved and engaged. I know on a personal level, I was so impressed. The year that I had the opportunity recently to chair strategic planning, we had brought in, we sort of went off script a little, as you know, and we brought in a group of realtors with voices around the state who maybe weren't involved, but we were seeing them. And we formed this kind of mini work group to do some of the homework and the planning before we brought the entire formal committee together. And one of the things that so impressed me about, again, going back to inclusion, going back to bringing in new people and and not waiting for them to raise their hand, but reaching out to them, you ended up making so many of those people vice chairs your year as president-elect so that they would move into a chair position And I looked around that room last month, and there were those faces sitting there, chairing a committee, bringing in their ideas, and then just by virtue of what they experienced without being told to, they're now reaching out. I'm seeing them at their local boards reach out and bringing new people up through those ranks. And that just shows that you don't even need to tell them to do so. They immediately recognize that that's what brought them in, and that's what they need to be doing. And that was an absolutely brilliant idea on your part to do the focus groups and to bring in some people that we had been seeing, but we weren't hearing their ideas. We didn't, um, they weren't comfortable enough at the time to share their thoughts um, or or to necessarily voice their ideas. But uh, in your wisdom, you brought them into some focus groups and we learned some amazing things 
that, you know, in some cases we were doing things very well and in other cases we needed to make some improvements. And uh, all the work that came out of strategic planning is, is from those focus groups and from the work of the leadership team. And, and uh, it, it's just been a, a great new direction, if you will, for the association. And I have to say that many of my vice chair appointments came out of your focus groups when I'm like, where did this talent come from? And it, it, they are just doing a tremendous job. And I honestly have you to thank for that because I may not have um, been exposed to them otherwise. Well, and I have to say, you know, I am somewhat selfishly very proud of what a productive strategic planning year that was. And I, of course, have to thank Michael Faulkner for even putting me into that position in the first place. And this has become a little love fest, right? Uh, Your interview has turned (laughs) into this little GAR love fest. But you know, it, it really was all of the the minds of the leadership team working together and being open, again, to inclusion of members that weren't formally on sitting on that committee that has a very formal structure and being open to hearing some uncomfortable ideas, but also giving a safe space for those ideas to flourish. And I look ahead now at what you've just done with that ACT group of the bringing together the councils and, and the, the groups of real estate agents from around the state and forming a council, a formal council, uh, to have that safe space again to share those ideas. And I'm thinking that we're going to see the ideas that come out of that group being forwarded to committees such as strategic planning for some implementation and and some kind of judging up and making them into something that is really useful. It's just, uh, um, it builds on that, as you said, tremendously successful strategic planning year um, that we brought forward and have implemented some new ideas, different ways of thinking, but it also helps us grow and uh, be more inclusive and be more nimble as an association because now that we're at 41,000 plus members, um, we we have to be more nimble and we have to be uh, quicker to respond. So um, the, the changes that were made from strategic planning, I think, have taken us in that direction. Absolutely. A lot of what we're talking about is leaders who lead by example. And I will say that when I look at who inspires me at the state level, you are definitely at the top of that list. Because I see so much of what you describe in Anne and Bill, I see that in you. Selfless, looking to give the credit to other people, leading by example. And one of the ways that I see you do that is the consistent track record you have being a major investor in RPAC and a member of President Circle. And to me, again, that's that grassroots piece of of what we do, the advocacy piece on a member-by-member basis, explaining the importance of the advocacy piece, the importance of the investment piece. With President Circle Conference right around the corner, where there will be sun and sand, so you and Rebecca will be very happy to call work, call it a work vacation, if you will. Talk to me about your first experience becoming a major investor, how you were asked to make that leap, and how it's impacted your career as a realtor. And first, let me say uh, how very much I respect your commitment to RPAC. Thank you. Um, You lead by example uh, as one of the four Platinum R's in the state of Georgia, and have, as long as I've known you, been a passionate RPAC investor and a major investor and a present circle member. 
I think I first realized the importance when I was serving in local board leadership and it and, and then moved to regional director and it uh, became obvious that um, there was a, a much bigger picture out there where um, RPAC and investing in our business, uh, my eyes were opened. And uh, it has thankfully over the years become a kind of a part of the culture of the leadership at the state association that you have to be a major investor and uh, you need to be a major investor. Yes. We all need to be investing in our business. But um, I am very proud to say that this year's leadership team, I think for the first time ever, are not only all major investors, but all president circle members. Which I love. Yes. yes. So you've got the all eight of the members of the leadership team, the seven elected officers and the CEO, are all major investors and president circle members. And to your earlier comment, uh, Rebecca and I are looking very forward to um, <laughs> our work vacation the end of February. I think it's the 24th through the 27th. Is that Something right? Something like that, yes. End we'll of the month. In, yes, we'll be in Miami. And there's some uh, a tremendous lineup of speakers, so yes. I'm very excited about that. And uh, I, I must say that the President Circle Conference is one of the best conferences we attend during the year, um, and it's well worth the investment in President Circle uh, to get to attend that type of a, that quality of a meeting. It's kind of one of those best kept secrets that we really don't need or want to be a secret. And when I talk to people about President Circle, I know I've been lucky enough to be able to bring in some of my local association president into the President Circle fold by invite by the personal invitation like we've talked about. And once they know what it is, they are just blown away. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. But when you get such incredible speakers as Laura Bush, Caroline Kennedy, just the the caliber that the National Association has the ability to bring to speak to the realtor population and to speak to those who are really investing at, at such a high level, like you said, it is well worth the, the quote-unquote cost, but I don't see it as a, a price tag or cost. I see it as something that we do to ensure our longevity and our ability to keep defending homeownership and private property rights and to keep selling homes. To earn a living in the industry that we love. Before we wrap up, I have to ask this question. How is it possible that we've never had a super serious conversation about running? I'm very self-deprecating about being a runner or not being a real runner. I always put it in air quotes. When I do a race, it's just to finish. But when I read that you have done seven marathons, and I know that we've casually talked about running, three hours and 27 minutes as your PR just blows my mind because I'm not even going to publicly put out there what my first marathon time was a couple of weeks ago. But that takes discipline, to be sure. I know as someone who tries to be a runner, <laughs> there's discipline involved. And have you seen how your discipline, the discipline in training aligns with your business, your volunteer realtor goals and achievements, and your ability to balance those things? Without a doubt. Um, it's, as you said, it's, it's very disciplined. Uh, it's a commitment to training. It's a commitment to, um, 
to being the best you can be uh, at anything you do, uh, much like we do in, in our industry, in our profession. You do the same thing in running if, if that's your goal to, you know, to compete or to complete a half marathon or a marathon or whatever it is. I had a friend that I trained with for many years during the time I had that PR who was just, she was a great friend, but she also was um, a tremendous coach. And I still, to this day, can hear her saying when I'm walking through a parking lot and I'm conscious of, you know, how many steps I'm getting or I'm going to take a shortcut, her saying was always, don't cheat yourself cutting a corner short, you know, cutting off the last quarter mile or, or whatever, whatever it was. Um, so even today in business, I hear her saying, don't cheat yourself. You may have to go, you know, a little longer distance to make the turn, but, you know, stay on course because although nobody else is going to see you cut the corner, if, you know, that's what it is, it's in your mind. And as she says, you're cheating yourself. I, I must say I'm tremendously impressed with your recent feat of doing, <laughs> uh, what was it, three days? It was four days. It was 5K, 10K, half, and a full? Yes. Wow. Um, that That's just brutal. There's a reason Disney calls it the Dopey Challenge. Well, I could, I could With, see that. You know, Dopey the Dwarf. And, and they, the previous name was the Goofy Challenge, and it was the half marathon one day and the full marathon the next. And then when they added in the five and the ten in the two days prior to the half and the full, they named it the Dopey. And I completely understand why they named it such because you have to be pretty dopey to put your body through that it's such a tremendous commitment on your part i mean that's four days in a row that's just unbelievable as you said it's it's very similar to the commitment and and what we put into if you are brave enough to enter into the real estate world and make it your living and you truly treat it as a career and not just a job, you put certain habits into place. And I didn't notice it prior when I ran for exercise and because, as you know, I love food and I love wine. Or I was even running to train for a half marathon because even that, as someone who never ran until I turned 41, even that wasn't as daunting to me as a full marathon. But as I figured out that I better train or I'm going to get hurt – and putting those training runs in the calendar and seeing, okay, I have, a, I have a long run tomorrow. I have to do it. Don't cut the corners. Don't cheat yourself. You know, don't take the elevator when you can take the stairs. That endurance piece of it, I think it's very similar to the endurance you have to have to have longevity in this business. Indeed it is. And it's, um, it's very similar to the commitment and the passion you have to give to being successful in this industry to train for those kind of long-distance races. I mean, it's, it's, uh, and it's, it's good for you. It's healthy, not just healthy physically, it's healthy mentally because it makes you, as you said, commit to putting those training runs on the calendar and actually doing them to be ready because you didn't want to get injured. So it's, it's uh, um, I applaud you for that. Well, and I, I think, too, we can make the, the analogy to being a volunteer, though, because you do have to commit. If you, whether or not you have a leadership goal in mind, if you just want to be an effective volunteer, there's going to be ups and downs. There are going to be meetings that don't go your way, ideas that don't get picked up and supported by everyone. Right. There's an endurance piece there as well. But I think the most successful volunteers are not the ones that get welcomed into a click. It's the ones who are truly passionate about it, the way that they're passionate about their businesses and bettering the industry as a whole. 
I absolutely agree. It, and it all goes back to that. Um, it's our responsibility as we move along or as we com- complete our race to take someone else's hand and help them, whether they're starting the race, whether they are struggling at the midway point, or um, whether they hadn't thought they wanted to run a race before. Right. It's, it's incumbent on us to, uh, to help them. So finally, there's a question that it's my goal on this podcast to ask every guest that we bring on an interview. It definitely comes from a real estate perspective, and it's talking about your dream house. So if you think about the words dream home, dream house, what does it look like? Where is it? What style of home? Basically, if money and work and location and convenience were not factors, you just got to have any ideal of dream home that your heart desires, what does that look like? So it would be here. It would be in the region which we've, you know, born and raised and and grown up in. We love to look at the water. So it would be a light view home. But I think that's always important because the looking at the water is very peaceful. Um, I, I don't necessarily care about being on the water because you give up a lot of privacy and uh, um, the noise from the boats and jet skis is, is um, something I don't particularly care to, to enjoy. But um, to look at the water is just very peaceful. Um, it would be traditional for the most part. A lot of glass on the side facing the water, so you've always got a view. Um, a lot of outdoor entertaining space. Um, a blend of um, a traditional floor plan with a craftsman look. Does that paint the picture? That Absolutely. Okay. And I love that it's here. Oh, it would, it would be here. A condo at the beach, um, so you don't have to have, you don't have maintenance and you don't have a second sure. home to take, but you can get away to the beach for a few days at a time for a week in the summer. Um, the home would always be here. I love that. Well, I can't thank you enough. You have shared not just your time with me out of a very busy schedule going into a very chaotic, but rewarding, enjoyable, we hope year. But thank you for sharing a little bit of you, what makes you, you a little bit of your life, a little bit of your vision for the year. And I know there's so much that we didn't get to talk about that people are going to get to experience throughout this year, but I just, I can't thank you enough. It's absolutely my pleasure. And anytime I get to visit with you, it's always my pleasure. Oh, well, we will raise a glass to that in a week or so of my favorite (laughs) wine in a week or so at conference. And we hope to see you all there. Indeed. Thank you, Maura. You can find links to the information we promised in this podcast by visiting our show notes at garealcast.com. And please remember to subscribe give us five stars, and write us a review. Apparently, it helps others to find us, and it boosts our ratings. Have a great one.